0: Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Flores,
1: and I'm Miriam Soila Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes.
0: Each week, we bring you music from Latinx artists that we love, and this week we are so honored to have one of our favorite guests to have on the show. <laughs> it's Senia Rubinos. Bienvenida, Senia. Gracias.
1: so happy to have you here again for the third time as the first artist we ever brought and the first one we're bringing for a third time so you are very special in our eyes
2: wow well I'm happy to be back and chat with y'all thank you for having me yeah so we
0: started the episode with the title track for your newest album it's called una rosa let's take a quick listen to it again this intro instrumental um, track and and how it sort of sets the mood for the album?
2: Well, this track is a traditional Puerto Rican danzón. um, Mm. And it's a song that a melody that I first heard as a child in my bisabuela, my great grandmother's Mm. room in this. uh, She used to have this fiber optic flower lamp That was like a nightlight and you would like wind up in the back. It had like a little switch where you would wind up and it would play a song, kind of like a music box and it played this melody. And that's just a really strong like memory of my childhood with her. And Later on in high school, I was given uh, like a bootleg CD of like classical piano music. And all of a sudden I heard that same melody and recognized it. I was like, what? That's the song from the Flower Box. So I was like trying to learn how to play it on piano, but I wasn't a great piano player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like plunking it out, but it was like, I would blast it. Like I was obsessed with that with that melody. And then fast forward to like 2019 in bed I was like going through it, really going through it, not sleeping um, for like kind of for months. I would just like wake up at 4 a.m. and just like stare off into the distance, like stare out the window. And in one of those mornings, I heard that melody, the same when I wrote that melody, but I didn't know what it was. It's been such a long time since I ever even thought of it. And I thought I was like writing. So I thought it was a music idea or something Mm -hmm. that I was writing. And then I started kind of being able to hum it and like kind of sing it a little bit. And then I was like, whoa, I know what that is. It's the melody from the flower box. I couldn't remember the name of it. I couldn't remember who played it, nothing. So I spent like a good year, like searching for this track with no success. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't find it. So I just decided, oh, I think, I don't know why this is coming up for me right now, but it feels like I should record it. And in a way it's kind of like the melody of my life, like, or a song of my life Mm -hmm. is almost like, the closest that I could have to like getting a tattoo. I don't have tattoos, but like <laughs> it feels like that song is a, that melody is a tattoo or something of my life, of me. Mm. And so I decided to just from memory, like make this arrangement for it. I heard flute on it and I um, invited Domenica Fossati who plays the flute on this, on the track. Mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm. And that
2: week that she was coming to the studio, I would just Google like a a flower, like I was just trying to find any song. And finally I found it um, on like a YouTube
0: rabbit hole. Yeah, And and it was like- So satisfying. It
2: was really satisfying. And also, like, kind of concerning because she was about to come to the studio to record, and like, mm-hmm. then I found the original, so I was like, "Oh, should I change it? Like, should I, like, you know, make it more like the original?" But I kind of kept my my version of it. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, I just recorded it. I didn't really think much of it. I didn't think it was going to be necessarily the title track. But once the set, the third track of the record, "I Ombre."
3: that
2: I own but it took shape I was like oh these belong together Mm -hmm. yeah and this is the beginning of the record you know and um and yeah I think it kind of sets the stage for kind of like a cinematic drama yeah tragedy introspective nighttime vibe it It really does that's so very cinematic
1: I love that story about the song and it, it gave me chills while you're telling it, like that you mentioned tattoos, because what it reminded me of was there was this prayer that my abuela used to say to us when she put us to sleep. And I, for a long time, I thought it was the Lord's prayer in Spanish. And then I met another Cuban American who was like, who randomly said it to me. I don't even know why they did this, but they they like all of a sudden recited this prayer. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the prayer. And they were like, yeah, that's like the Cuban grandmother prayer. And I got it as a tattoo um, it's, wow. you can't, I can't show it to you because of the way the screen is, but, um, I got a phrase <laughs> from it as a tattoo, just like a couple of weeks ago, because it is this like really strong kind of memory and connection to her. Um, and I wanted to sort of memorialize it. So there's a phrase from the, from, from that prayer on my, on my arm. <laughs> so with a, flower. <laughs> with a flower, yeah. With a hibiscus flower, <laughs> it's really hard to show, but, um,
0: Beautiful. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that gave me chills. Cause like, oh my God, it I can, it feels like a similar relationship to this thing from childhood that you've like mm. look for and then it finds you and you're like oh my god that thing you know so
2: I love that wow you just gave me goosebumps like yeah. my, pelitos on my legs are yes. so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's beautiful that's so magic yeah it's memory it's such a wild thing right mm-hmm. and like what you hear, what you remember and then like how time changes that memory mm-hmm. it's like I'm just so fascinated by that and there, I don't know it just I guess oftentimes, like, things like that, like those little memories or those, like, rediscoveries mm-hmm. of, like, a, your past self, it feels, like, so important, you know? It mm-hmm. feels like mm-hmm. you're doing some, like, archaeological dig and, like, finding out some <laughs> yeah. truth about yourself and, like, bringing it yeah. with you, yeah. you know?
1: Next, you're going to find that lamp in some thrift store somewhere.
2: <laughs> oh, I got well. I actually, or do you have it? Do you have it? We ordered a bunch. We ordered oh, good. for like the record. Like, I my manager, stuff uh, surprised me That's and beautiful. ordered one for me. And I had already ordered one. <laughs> and <laughs> because it, like, the... we, it was one of those things where we're like, we should get one for the record release night, like, we should <sighs> do it. And then I didn't, and I forgot. And then one late night, I was like, oh my god, I forgot to do that. And I like ordered one. And then we showed up to the release night with like two lamps. And I so I gave her the one Amazing. I ordered and she gave me hers. Yeah. It was, it was but does great. it have
1: a – is it like a music lamp? No, oh, I okay. mean it is a
2: it is a music lamp, but it's not playing that, that okay. song. And that, that was one would of be the
1: wild. things
2: woo, that was one of the things that like I was that was a way that I was trying to find this melody was like I was going on eBay and like trying to find oh videos God. of people selling the lamp and seeing if yeah. I was like and one of the lamps had this melody and they like named it
1: oh my but, god i would totally yeah. do something like that like it i would was- yeah <laughs> <God>. <laughs> i don't know that my well had a lamp like that but i feel like she could have and if i knew about i would be like searching for it. i would do the same thing it would be like the most treasured thing yeah, yeah. Wow. wow so that's the cover art for the album is is the is the version of that lamp mm-hmm. beautiful
0: yeah. And the fiber optic visual is so, it's so cool. And it's just like, so like vintagey of a certain time and place. It's, mm-hmm. I, I really,
2: really love it. Thank you. Yeah. It was fun. Like, I mean, that image has been with me for a while. I've like mm-hmm. been playing with doing something with this flower lamp image. Um, and then it just kind of felt, came together with this melody and I was like, okay, this feels right and uh there's something yeah nostalgic vintagey and then also like it was a vision of something futuristic I think mm-hmm. in that moment it yeah, was like oh it's a plastic sure. box with like fiber optic <laughs> like changing color threads no like it's mm-hmm, like some kind yeah. of future feeling the future in it past as well. thing. <laughs> something like that it's like a vision from the past of, the, of what like something future or something very special could be yeah
0: I love looking up like what people thought the future was going to look like in like 1952 you know that sort of thing it's just like I love that shit Um, like
2: where are the flying cars
0: (laughs) I know like I'm ready I'm ready for my flying car um so one of the things that I wanted to ask you also sort of related to the track and like the um album title and just through like you know knowing you over the years is like your relationship to flowers um Mm. I feel like there's always flowers around when I like see you (laughs) like you know like there's just like always flowers and I feel like wow Senia and flowers is like it goes together in my head and I was just wondering like yeah like do you like tell me about you and flowers
2: wow that's beautiful I like that you have that image of me I
0: do. I feel like there was so in 2019. I had a really rough year, and I saw you a couple of times that year. And you had flowers both times, and you gave <laughs> me a flower both times. <laughs> and uh, I was like. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna be okay
0: (laughs) and so and um so yes I was just like curious again that like when I went to your record release I also like came home with a flower I was like wow Mm -hmm. sing is always just giving
2: me flowers (laughs) we all need our flowers I don't know I I feel that very strongly I don't know I love getting flowers Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like I love getting flowers and and it's like on a really simple level it just like makes you smile or it makes you feel loved or special and it's also this thing that's like very fragile and very temporary temporary yeah, um yeah and it's kind of like usually it's just very out of context the flower is like really you know there's also like a lot of shady business going on with like the flower but the flower <laughs> industry yeah, is like really messed up sure yeah um so it's also kind of like I don't know, it's a really charged object, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's living, but it's no longer. So it's like you're, you're holding on to something that's dying. I don't know, there's just so much in it. Um, and at a certain point, yeah, I just wanted people to get their flowers. Like, you know, that phrase of like, oh, you yeah. want to give people their flowers while they're here. Yeah. I just was really feeling that and was really feeling like something... Um, I don't know if the word is like ceremonious or like ritualistic about giving mm-hmm. and receiving flowers, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, sometimes like for me right now, you know, I just like when I if I want to be sweet with myself, like or remind myself, like, oh, you're precious, like I'd get myself mm-hmm. a flower or something, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something transformational in that, in that gesture or feel. Um yeah. And I lo- I love plants and flowers. I'm not a gardener. Like I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it, but I feel a very strong connection to plants and flowers. And in mm-hmm. 2019, I was even like I was going through a lot, but I, one thing that was really dope that happened was that I started feeling like the energy of plants and flowers for mm-hmm. the first time. Like there was a moment where I felt like even aroused by a flower, like by looking at a flower or by looking at, there was like a, there were like, I had moved to bed and I had moved from um, Greenpoint, which is a place that's a little bit more industrial. I was living on yeah. like a main drag of like, with a lot of tra- like trucks going by. And there was like no greenery around. And when I moved to Bedsty, like on our block, there was just a lot of greenery, a lot of trees. And then a lot of people in the neighborhood would plant, you know, their little flowers and their little things. So in the spring, everything was like blooming. And I had a very, I think I was, I had altered my perception by just not sleeping that much for a couple months. Yeah, and like that'll do a doozy on like everything. Um, Definitely. but in one like positive thing about that trip was the, um, my perception of nature and plants and like, mm how sensuous they can be and like Mm -hmm. i don't know so there's something there i haven't unpacked um haven't been aroused by a plant in a while but i have to say
1: it's making me think of um that really pretty bad movie from like the 90s or the 2000s 40 days and 40 nights where he like stops he like stops having sex for 40 days he like challenges himself (laughs) to not have sex for 40 days and there's this scene with like a very hot actress um, where he like basically like gets her off by touching her with an orchid. <laughs> so it is a very I sensual flower situation. Mean,
0: I mean, flowers are basically like genitals, right? Like they're the plants like being like, here mm-hmm. I am. Like they're sex like, organs. Ready yeah. to reproduce. They are, you yeah. know, like, we're like you know, yeah, you and, do and do the, the sensuality of mm-hmm. fruit, mm-hmm. they, yeah, yeah, and like George yeah.
1: O'Keefe. Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, lots of people think of flowers in a very sensual way right in a sexual way mm-hmm. also very spiritual right like I, I definitely connect with flowers in that way mm-hmm. um, and also you know often for altars and you know different ofrendas and stuff you have flowers so mm-hmm. that's really beautiful that's really beautiful. there's a lot
2: to explore in that topic lots of to so not much I know yeah. it's beautiful Great. I love it glad glad we
0: dug it into flowers I <laughs> wanted no has ever
2: asked me that so that was I was like awesome. oh i didn't have my sound wow. bites ready but yeah we, we got it we did it there's we a lot of resonance
3: <laughs> with
1: us too we're both like into plants and so i have a flower in my arm vero has a flower tattoo on her back right yeah 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 um mm-hmm. so the next song actually we wanted to talk about is i hombre so it's interesting that you said that these two kind of like go together so let's take a listen and then we would love to hear more about that Yeah. So, what is it that makes you say that this one and Una Rosa are like a pair that they they go together?
2: Um, I was thinking when we were working on Ayombre. At a certain point, it was very it was very drama. It was very over the top. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, I was an inspiration. Was like Anoni drone bomb me that mm-hmm. track. I was mm-hmm. thinking a lot about drone bomb me during while we were kind of cooking this track at the beginning, and I was like, oh. It was very different, it had like, it slowed, the tempo slowed down into the hook and it was like this huge like lush hook, that's kind of, you know, not what it is now. Um, But I was like, huh, this is like a very strong statement, it's very um, dramatic, it's, and I kind of didn't know where to place it because it felt so heavy. And then something interesting started happening, which was like, we, we started, Marco and I, my co-producer, Marco Puccelli and I, started like messing around with um, Que Te Pedí by La Lupe, mm. um, a bolero. And so we started like making our own version of it. And then, and then we, we were like, I don't know where this is going. It sounded cool, but I was like, I don't know where this is going. And then it kind of morphed into, I hombre became kind of like my, I, I realized like oh okay I'm writing like my version of this colero. and yeah. so I took that angle with this with this track and um and then it was kind of like a little writing a lyrics for this track where like it was painstaking because I felt like I was really writing a tribute so I was like watching a lot of videos of like Libertad marque La Lupe, like, people are, like, mm-hmm. but more, but more kind of in the, in the mariachi tradition I was watching, like, of, like, these movie musicals and yeah. uh, these moment like, these big moments in the movie where, like, this, the singer comes out and is, like, telling you some real shit, like, that you hurt yeah. her and, like, she hopes you die and, like, all this thing. <laughs> so I'm, like, okay, so I, so it was a lot of, like, watching that and, like, painstakingly going through lyrics and like thinking like okay what would this woman say like what is you know trying to think about that kind of stuff um and so finally like as that as the tracks are coming together I realized like oh this is like I could go this route and it felt really extreme to me at the moment no longer does but at the moment I was like Ooh, it was like really intense with Una Rosa, like this instrumental oh, track going into this like super woman-scorned like moment. But I'm like, I think this is the way to go. Like it's over the top and it's clear and like we're, we're opening the record this way. It feels like a, a clear statement and then we can go other places after that. Um, That's beautiful. But it really felt like connected to a tradition, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I was like remaking uh, in, my, in my way.
1: Yeah, we I mean yeah, we love you know. both feto and I love Bolitos on this show. So um Me we're too. definitely here for this. And like this in the pitchfork um review, which I thought was really beautiful, um uh you know, she described it as like a cortavena, which we did a whole episode about cortavenas and like I kind of Ooh, love that. I Very hear that. extreme, you know, sort of like yeah, the extreme end of the Voleto spectrum of just like you're so, you know, so lovelorn or so intense in your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved the thinking about this in that context. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, the last time that we talked was um May 2020. And you know, we'd been locked down for a couple of months at that point, And um, you were beginning to work on what would become this record. And at that time you said that you were coming off like sort of like a reset for you, like you were having a reconciliation with making music and you told us that you were just like trying to be like less precious and, um, you know, like just like a little bit more free with yourself and what you wanted to do here. So um, I'm wondering if like, yeah, like how if if that feels like it was part of like moving because this record does sound like it sounds like you and it sounds like a very different like you know, direction in some ways for, for you. So I'm wondering how, um, you know, like, is that a place where you stayed? Is that a place where you like, you know, it helped you grow into the direction of what would become this? I'm curious Mm -hmm. about that.
2: Yeah, it did help me grow. I think, Um, I think I, yeah, I started the record in early 2020. Start, I mean, I've been writing it for years, but, like, mm-hmm. really started producing it in early 2020. And at that moment, just a lot had gone down for me personally. And I was very detached. I was super detached mm-hmm. in the studio. I was kind of just showing up and clocking in and clocking out. I kind of wasn't really, yeah, I was kind of, like, going through the motions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that detachment uh, opened me up like really opened me up to just doing all sorts of like trying things that I wouldn't have tried in the past. Um, and I guess, yeah. So I was talking about being less precious. Yeah. I think it was that was part of that detachment of like letting go of basically like the way that I had always done things, which was like, okay, I have this idea. I, I I have like expectations of the way that this should be, you know, or Mm -hmm. like, I have an idea of where this is going and like, yeah, I would collaborate and I would be, you know, things would change and it wouldn't be the end result. Wasn't what I had originally thought, but I think I was a little bit more limited in like receiving suggestions and really collaborating and really going just wherever and just trying things without judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mm -hmm. the fact that I was so kind of like turned off in a way emotionally was like, uh, on the positive side of things was like great because I didn't have that same attachment to every idea. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. sure. Like you want to throw this bit in this direction. Like, you know, Mark would be like, Oh, hop on the quoter and try, you know, singing on this track. I'm like, okay. Like I would register, yeah. like, I don't like this. And, but then I would just do it, you know? So it was <laughs> yeah. like, I would just try, you know? Um, and that was very, freeing you know I think it was really like a great lesson in that and as I started throughout the process kind of started um getting reanimated and kind of like Mm -hmm. coming to life a bit um I would I would have like no like this is you know I was having more kind of strong impulses about what I wanted but um but I saw it more like a game and more like and you know it's anything goes and like yeah I think also realizing, and I've and I've said this, and I and I think it, but it's different to like embody something and really know it. Is like not every song is like the totality of what I'm gonna say forever as an artist. You know what I mean? And like yeah. it was like that preciousness and, and like early on for me, where I was like, oh, I have to get it right, and I'm ve- I can be very perfectionist and very detailed, mm-hmm. and I think that's totally fine. But also just saying like, okay, this is what I said for now. And this is what I had yeah. the time to do in this project. And this is that, this is my version of that idea right now. And then later mm-hmm. I'll do something else. You know, it's like, it's a photo. It's just like, it's a moment. And like, I guess, yeah, that idea of being less, less precious manifested in that way. In the studio. I love
0: that. I love that. I can really relate. I feel like, mm-hmm perfectionism has in a lot of ways served me in a lot of ways been like such a huge obstacle so Mm. I can really really relate to that for sure
1: one of the things we talked about um when you first came on the show in 2017 which is wild how long it's been um was this sort of like challenge of being categorized or categorizing yourself um and I, I felt like we were in I feel like we're in a really different moment now particularly like in the way in which like POC artists, you know, BIPOC artists are getting there's like a more, you know, thanks to like the Black Lives Matter movement and the ways in which like things have shifted. I feel like there's more interest and attention, but I think I imagine some of the same um challenges still exist with this question of like being having to be categorized, not wanting to be categorized, struggling to be categorized. So I just wanted wanted to like revisit that with you now.
2: Mhm. I think in my previous album on Black Terry Cat, I think vedo might have been the first interview that i did maybe or one of the first ones
0: yeah
2: and like person we met at a coffee shop in Mm -hmm. my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and like and i was just so like nervous because of my experiences in my previous record and just like what it meant to be featured in like a latin you know quote-unquote latin Mm -hmm. publication or like um and it usually I don't know it was just very reductive in my experience been very reductive it was very like I felt like not understood I felt like the person the people who I was speaking to didn't like hear me you know it was it was kind of I felt ugly duckling you know mm-hmm. and I remember walking away from that interview and being like, Oh my gosh, like breathing a sigh of relief. Like, wow. You know, there's people out there. Like, I felt like I met someone that I identified with, you know, and like who understood where I was coming from. And like, I was like, I know that they're out there. Like, I know that we are, you know? (laughs) And so I think, you know, meeting folks and like connecting and I think our, 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 just even the, that Latinx community has just changed and transformed throughout the years. And, and like, it's, it no longer feels, feels reductive and no longer really, I mean, it can still be that way, but Mm -hmm. it it feels more connected. It feels like there's more variety of people Mm -hmm. doing and making things, which there always has, we've always been here. Like yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like we've always been here. Like my, my peers, you know, Roberto El Alonegro, he's been here mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for way longer than I have making music, you know, Lido Pimienta, like we've all been yeah. here, you know. So it's not like there weren't, I don't know, like underground or like indie artists like making different things that happen to be, you know, of Latin this Latinx mm-hmm. descent. Like we've always been here, but like the community and for it or like the platforms that uplifted and spotlight spotlight that work wasn't really there so um I think now it's just not I don't know it's not as much a thing I think in terms for me like a feeling you know now I'm I'm speaking mostly about being categorized as like a Latin artist or like Latin Latin album it's not as much a thing for me I don't think about it as much it doesn't bother me as much and like you know incidentally this is my most you could say Latin album like I, so <laughs> right. far like yeah, and I'm right. like specifically like um you know referencing traditions and musics mm-hmm. and like that's there it's a it's a major influence musically it's not the only thing that's on the record but it, it is a yeah. major influence of this record you know um and I think that took me a minute to be able to even give myself permission because I'm like how are you gonna You've been out here being like, "Don't call me Latina artist," like, "Don't put me in the Latina category," like, "Don't." Blah, 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 blah. And now I'm coming through with this album, being like, "Hi," um, you know. Yeah. So like giving myself permission to play in that sandbox was a was rough, a little bit for mm-hmm. me too, you know, in my identity and being like, "Hold on, so what is it?" Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, you but- are.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I feel and in terms of just genre labels in general, I just feel more like I'm i I'm observing it. You know, I'm just like, oh, huh. mm, yeah, you know, like what did someone what did they call me the other today? day? It was like futuristic soul or something? I was like, mm. oh, okay. And then another person like <laughs> Latin, Latin album. I'm like, huh. And then Pitchfork <laughs> was like, uh, my review was under rock, I think. And I was like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. just, I don't yeah. know. I think I just laugh and I'm just observing. Yeah. I'm like, what you know, whatever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's less of a thing that I'm that's at the top of the tippy top mm-hmm. of my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking I'm just making my music and I'm like, yeah, trying to trying to keep my head there, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense the way that that has evolved for sure. So we wanted to take a moment from this fabulous conversation with Senya to remind y'all that we have a tienda.
0: Yeah, we have a little tiendita with some cute Pins where you can, you know, claim your love for perreo or, you know, if feelings you're Arizona, <laughs> or if you're asking feelings. Um, yeah, we got some pins, we've got some keychains, we've got, you know, like a few items in there that are cute. And we thought that we would, first of all, remind you that it exists because we've, like, you know, forgotten about it. it Stop talking about it. Let it be there. <laughs> Stop talking about it. But also, you know, we know that it's a time where folks are buying gifts for folks. So if you all are interested in t- checking that out, it's you know, a cute little gifty for somebody in your life. So we'll put a link in the
1: show notes to the tiendas so you can check it out. Um and yeah, you have until December 20th to order in time for or no, sorry, December 17th to order in time for um Christmas if that's something you celebrate. But yeah, there's a lot of talk about like supply chains and shipping delays and the beautiful thing is all of the merch is in the closet behind me <laughs> and I will mail it to you. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. We already have it all made so we can guarantee that you will get it in time for any holidays you might be celebrating at the end of this year. So go check it out. You know, like Veto said, there's totes, there's posters, there's pins, there's stickers, and there's a beautiful perreo keychain. chain. So um, support your favorite Latinx podcast and also um, yeah, buy some gifts for your, for your comunidad.
0: All right. Let's go back to our conversation with Senia. Yeah. It does feel different also. I think, you know, we started this podcast in 2016 and we're like, there's really not a lot of stuff out there that feels like it's talking about like music by Latinx artists in a way that's like honest and expansive. And like, Mm -hmm. we like are like like a wild really different bunch of people and that have like really different experiences and uh, approaches to music and you know like um, it feels like less like that partially I think because like there's so many like like I think the community right like we're like connecting with each other and finding an audience for each other and Um, so, so I really, I'm, I'm so glad that you get to have that expansiveness and that you get to like explore in the places that you want to explore without feeling like you're going to be pigeonholed or like, you know, identified in a way that is not quite true, you know, Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's very exciting. It's like, you know, the reason why we're all doing this thing. So (laughs) very great. (laughs) Um, we so to I next think song? the next Yeah, I think the next song that we want to ask you About is a song that came out a little Bit ago, um, but is on the album It's called Who Shot Ya Let's take a listen
2: Bishy, bish, bish, What you talking about With all them lies you be telling Keep my name out
4: your mouth You keep my name You should've known by now
0: So I, um, took a look at the last time that we talked, um, and the episode came out on May 22nd and, um, George Floyd was murdered three days later. And obviously like everything, like there was like this swell of uprisings that, um, you know, really marked that summer of 2020. Um, and this song is an I don't know if you would call it a response to that, but it's definitely like in conversation with um, with uh, just the uprisings against state violence. And um, I thought it was like so beautiful and so strong. And um, I I, am curious about like, you know, your process around that, like what you what um,
2: how you came,
0: how you came to it
2: yeah wow, that's wild, but that's when we we last spoke. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, it was it that track came out of a beat that I had been working on um, in the studio and I just had I just had the track and was like, I love this beat and I want to write to it. And then that summer, I had been, yeah, I was living in bedsty and I was like, every day all of my friends were at protests like i had never Mm -hmm. lived a moment like that before you know none Mm -hmm. of us had Mm -hmm. right like in the middle of a pandemic and quarantine like no you know nobody was going out nobody was seeing each other and then all of a sudden like you know like george floyd happened and brianna taylor and like yeah then it was like helicopters all day over my apartment all night and like searchlights and like you know Mm -hmm. the summer of fireworks like every night Mm -hmm. so And then a wild feeling where you were like, oh, what are you doing on Thursday? Oh, we're going to this protest. Oh, like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? We're going to march over here. And it was like, I just had never experienced Mm -hmm. anything like that. So the temp and like my temperature was like very high on the rage front Mm -hmm. about like these killings and these murders and feeling like how often, like why do we still have to be doing this? Like why do we have to be, you know watching this videos or I never watched the the Floyd video but like I you know it's like why do we have to be in this space over and over again and seeing you know Mm -hmm. what's the next tragedy what's the next thing going to be um and just feeling yeah just feeling very uh angry and rageful and I remember just like that was a, that was a song that came pretty quick in the studio, just like improvising. And I was t- like getting into character and trying to figure out like, what was the character of like what I'm singing, but I didn't know what it was going to be about at that time.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And then I just started kind of like making this like, rash, rash, kind of like mm-hmm. <laughs> sound mm-hmm. and was like, Oh, there's grills in my mouth. Like I should go get my grills. So I went and got my gold grills and put them in. And then that kind of, you know just like launched me into this character and is and yeah basically just talking about what was going on which like my friends were out here on the streets like also the we were getting close to like the presidential election time so I was thinking a lot about that and just like every day there was some calamity that that this idiot would talk about that would make you know, my friends who were, who are immigrants in this country, like very nervous, like, oh, he's Mm going to pass this law or this. And it wasn't, a lot of it was just spinning, spinning his wheels to like, please. And it wasn't even based in fact, but it was always like a constant emergency. Like, oh my gosh, I need to like, hurry up and get this thing. Or I need to like, cancel my health insurance because I'm not going to be, you know, eligible for, for my visa. If I'm like getting these benefits, Mm -hmm. like all of this stuff. And some of it was true and would happen and other things were not, they were just like, kind of just again like spewing heat and pleasing and like pa- pandering mm-hmm. to these but um so I think all of those feelings and experiences just like boiled over into this track um mm-hmm. and it was the first it was kind of like the the mo- first uh, single that I put out for this record too um I mean mm-hmm. I didn't announce the record at that moment but yeah I was just like, oh, okay. It just came together really quickly and it felt right. It just felt very organic and in flow. And it was a treat to be able to make something in this in a moment where you're really feeling that thing and then put it out. Like that never happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always like, usually in my experiences like you put something out that you're really feeling like you, you write it, you're really feeling it, and then like months later or like a year yeah. later it's out. You know, so you're kind of yeah. more detached. But in that moment I was so present in all of those feelings of that track. Um, and it was so such a gift to be able to produce it and, and, you know, have it mixed and mastered and write and make the video for it. Um, and, and that the making the video was, was a really beautiful experience and really emotional. And like, um, Mm. there was like, I was thinking about the flower box and like cubes and cages Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. shopping carts Mm -hmm. and things that you use to put other things inside of. And so like it was yeah. kind of a you know a conceptual thing, but we did end up like building this cage, and I just did I hadn't dropped into like what that was really until I like, was there and like got inside mm-hmm. of it.
0: Yeah. And it was
2: like a cage on pavement. And like I got inside and was, and I was like, oh, the shot, you know, it looks beautiful, it's sunset, like this this is dope. And then I was like in there performing the song, and I just like kind of broke down like I had like we had to like stop filming because I just I Mm -hmm. I just could feel the pavement like on my knee Mm -hmm. and was like cold and all of a sudden I felt like people this is what people go through like people are literally put in a cage and like babies like children you know and I was just thinking of myself I'm like and I was trying to remind myself you're shooting a video this is not real like but I just felt so I was I don't know it's just very like on a basic level I was like why do people have to go through this like no one should and and, and then I thought like everyone should have to go through this and everyone should have everyone yeah. should, like should have to like go in a cage for like a minute and just be like feel what that feels like and maybe they would be more outraged and more like yeah. You know, like I was like, anybody who passes it, who, who is able to like pass immigration law, should have to like do this mm, in order to mm-hmm. like have that job or something, you know? Um, I don't know.
0: But yeah, yeah.
2: Just, you know, on a visceral level is like.
0: Yeah, it sounds so visceral, very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. But it's like, the, yeah, that's very visceral.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I I, the video is also it is like y'all should watch it well you know it'll be linked in our um, in our show notes so you should go watch it like Bimbona is in it um Mm. is in it and um also is like also having you know like just like is a really visceral beautiful like you know strong performance in it too it just Mm -hmm. makes it all very very real and it's just like the power of like art I think to speak to something in a different way that reaches you in a different way than like, you know, like messaging about policy or, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever, like is, which is all very important, right? But like I think that like art serves a different function that makes you feel um reality in a certain in a in a different way, which I, I really appreciate.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wonder if you are we we wonder if you have a song. That you want to um, reference that was like an influence during the this album, during your creative process, or something that I mean, you've talked a couple about a couple things you were in conversation with, um, but I wonder if there's any any other tracks that come to mind that are are like musical influences for you while you were making this album.
2: There's so many, um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof. Yeah, there's a lot. I was listening to um Kelman Duran a lot. Mm, He's mm-hmm. like a Dominican producer, mm-hmm. artist. Um and he has this album which I always say the name wrong. So yeah, oh, I was listening oh, a lot to Kelman Duran 1804 Kids and that came out in 2017. Um and I had discovered his work which is more like kind of collage um Kind of collage dance, electronic music, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like the apocalypse or an introspective night when you go to the club by yourself and like dance in the corner and like keep your hoodie on kind of vibe. I like, love
0: that description of it.
2: That's <laughs> kind of the vibe of the music for me. And yeah. um I just at first I thought, you know, a couple of years ago that, that was the kind of record that I wanted to make um Mm -hmm. that was where I was going and then I ended up writing like songs with lyrics and um and it was it's not that but um I would say that that album was kind of like a guiding light for me personally and like just getting into my body and um you know movement and also just the way that he uses samples of like I don't know there's like an an Osuna uh, sample like of just like some really popular Vegaton thing but then he like breaks it up and like grabs it pitches the vocals up puts this like very doom like kind of heavy beat underneath it and kind of brings it into this completely other space and I think that spirit of like recontextualizing Mm -hmm. certain conventions or um, iconography was an it was an inspiration in making this record, you know, which yeah, I feel okay. like I was doing that or I was attempting to to do yeah. that as well in my own way.
1: Is there a track that we could listen to?
2: Yeah. Um uh oh man, what is that?
1: You can perform it for us if you want. Yeah, (laughs) I (laughs) know. A live that would be new for us. A live performance.
2: A live performance. Um, this this record is no longer available. Okay. Because I think it was like probably they didn't have the permission to sample anything. Oh, that's so dumb. (laughs) That's but I well, love you may, not I be love, able to. You may or, well I can send it I can send it to you okay. I have great okay. um but there's like Kulo Denbo is like
0: excellent
2: um solos I don't know the whole thing but I'll send you I'll send you a track
0: okay great perfectly. perfect mm-hmm. awesome all right, let's take a listen to Culo denbo by Kel ese culo arriba vampira, dígame ese culo arriba vampira,
4: dígame ese culo arriba vampira, dígame ese culo arriba vampira, mírale ese culo arriba vampira, díale ese culo arriba vampira, mírale ese culo arriba vampira, díale ese culo arriba vampira, mírale ese culo arriba vampira, díale ese culo arriba vampira, mírale ese culo arriba vampira, díale ese culo arriba vampira. I'm sick of Tirame ese arriba vampira, tirame ese culo, 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 arriba vampira, tirame ese arriba vampira, tirame ese culo, arriba vampira. Tirame ese culo, arriba vampira, 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 tirame ese culo, arriba vampira,
3: tirame seculo
4: arriba vampira, tirame ese culo, arriba vampira. Arriba vampira, dírame ese culo. Arriba vampira, ese ese Arriba Arriba ese culo. Arriba culo. culo. me ese
1: Okay, before we go to our members i have one more question for you Senya, about something we talked with so in 2017 we talked about how um your mommy liked to go after trolls on the internet on your behalf (laughs) and i wondered (laughs) which i personally loved because i was like exactly what my mommy would do if she was on social media like that um and i just i wondered if she was still you know going out for you
2: Yeah, she took, like, the problem is, like, she took down, like, she was going, like, more than going after trolls, she was, like, going after, like, music journalists. Like, right, like, that's ah! what you said. Like, like Laura Snapes from The Guardian. She was like, excuse me, Laura, like, that's not what it is. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Mom. <laughs> um, okay. Baja un poco. It's chill. Yeah. Um. You know, I think my mom, I gotta give her credit. You know, we're all growing. We're all evolving. We're all learning. (laughs) We learned a lot and like grown as well, you know, and she's cute. She'll like, um, I don't know, what was it? Like we we got best new music from Pitchfork for this record. And Mm -hmm. that was like, that used to be like, mean such a big deal to me, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, it still does, but like, it's it's very different. It has a different meaning now. And I think, you know, my mom, when the review she's like i'm waiting on the pitchfork review like where is it you know like she's <laughs> <laughs> i love that she's like, no love matter what, what she's like you already succeeded like no matter what like what you know? Then, you know she's like you know what's gonna be good no matter what like it's in that and so but then yeah when we got it she was like this. like she like you know texted me like all caps like that's my music i was like mom Aww, you know I like so sweet the- she's very she's She's very supportive, but I think she also, like, gets the message that I'm like, bajarle, like you know, and I yeah. also feel like that I'm not trying to read the comments or be in it. And she's like, I yeah, literally don't read yeah. the comments anymore. Like, I don't, you know, like, she, <laughs> at least that's what kind of she says to me. Like, I don't know. If that, <laughs> she, you go like, in like, there. with accounts. and like like, you people down. I don't know. But, <laughs> I think she's not yeah. allowed. It. She's like, I have yeah. I don't, like, she's learned
1: learn. she's learned
2: I love it yeah, like, really. but she what did she say she did say something funny to me the other day I can't remember something about some <laughs> some review I don't know she's like very quick like if I were to incite her and be like mom this person said something mean about me she'd be like who is that like nobody knows what like, but she, would
1: just... <laughs> she would go, oh, for, it. She she would go for it she would go for it
2: yeah she could flip on a dime yeah so well, funny i love
1: that i love that about her and
2: she's support she's so supportive and like,
1: yeah
2: is also supporting me and in, in like you know being having a different perspective about all this stuff you know mm. and, comments and social media and mm-hmm. you know, but she will she will be like baby yeah, like she'll you know she'll comment on oh yeah on pictures i love like, that <laughs> like, whatever,
0: like, oh my extremely latina mommy yeah i love that that's so sweet for sure well
1: thank senia thank you so much for coming back it's so fun to have you and to have this history in talking to you it's really beautiful
2: always yeah. thank you for inviting me and share and like sharing and being witness i'm like yeah Get having those archives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. yeah you, we remember I, everything you've said. Watch
2: out! Um, to, oh. I to have like coffee before like we do this, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come back and be fact checked, and I love
1: it. Um, are you also? Are you planning a tour? Is there are folks gonna be able to see you at this album?
2: Yes, there will be a tour. Does um, you know something I'm working towards? Something that has honestly been like a little bit of a trigger for anxiety about performing Mm -hmm. um and about touring and what that life is and I'm trying to build a more sustainable future for myself that doesn't involve burning out um and that doesn't so like reframing what that could what touring could look like for me so it's Mm -hmm. taken me a while and I'm like you know, I go through periods where I'm like, oh my God, it's so late, girl, you gotta like announce this tour. or Like you gotta get up. And then other times where I'm like, okay, like, you know, yeah. pump the brakes. Like, um, but I think I'm getting closer and closer to it. And like uh, next year I will, I'll be playing. I'm um, doing some, some live shows. And I really want the, the show to be reflective of the, the music and to also be something yeah. that challenges me. And um, that's exciting, you know, For me, and and not kind of just do the same like kind of a band show. I would like to to Mm -hmm. work with movement and with lighting and like just kind of explore and grow on the stage too. So it's coming, it's coming soon. Rather than later, y'all are gonna know. Very exciting.
0: Well, you should take your time. We will be there when you're ready. We can't wait. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and we'll make sure we'll
1: put everything in the show notes for folks about where to follow you all your socials and whatnot so people can stay
0: tuned
2: thank you thank you so
1: much this was so lovely
2: thank y'all it was lovely. thank you
0: senia it's so so good to have you on as always
2: love you both hmm.
0: love you Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.
1: Well, thanks so much for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Senia as much as we did. Um, As always, all the links to the songs that she brought and that we brought are in the show notes at radiomanea.com.
0: Yeah, and you can follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have a newsletter that if you're not signed up for, you should sign up for because we include some cool things in there, like stuff we're reading. Um, And... We also want to give a little moment of credit for somebody who's been behind the stage helping us out for a few weeks now, a few months, a while. Months, I think like six months. We're
1: a little bit like, me da pena that we haven't done this sooner, so apologies. But um, Maite from Cabronas y Chingonas has been editing for us. Um, and it's been so beautiful to have her support on the show. So thanks so much to Maite for, um, for, yeah, for editing.
0: Yeah, thank you, Maite. Thanks for making our lives so much easier. It's been lovely.
1: Yes. Um, all right, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Hasta la próxima. Bye.